I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Bitcoin has had a rough year, but lately things are looking up for its fans. On Sunday, the world's biggest digital currency hit twenty-eight thousand dollars, going up three percent in a single day. Just a few months back, it seemed like all forms of crypto were headed for a fiery downfall, with Bitcoin nosediving from nearly fifty thousand dollars at the beginning of twenty twenty-two to under seventeen thousand dollars in the early days of twenty twenty-three. However, the tides have turned dramatically in the past week. With Bitcoin skyrocketing by over 37% against the US dollar, in 2023, Bitcoin's market capitalization surged by a whopping 194 billion dollars, representing an impressive 66% year-to-date gain. The former chief technology officer of Coinbase, Balaji Srinivasan, wagers that Bitcoin's value will hit 1 million dollars in 90 days or by June 17. But what has Bitcoin's value got to do with bank failures? To understand that, let's go to its origin story. You may be aware that Bitcoin was created by a mysterious programmer called Satori Nakamoto. Now, no one has any idea who Nakamoto is. It could even be a group. The name may sound Japanese, but it could be anyone. Anywho, what we are concerned with is Nakamoto's motivations to create Bitcoin, which he Let's just go by that pronoun for convenience. Described in a famous paper written after the 2008 global financial crisis, you see, when the crisis gripped the global financial system, central banks began printing money and supporting banks that were running out of cash. When central banks print money in enormous amounts, it debases the currency. Nakamoto thought that it was grossly unfair that governments and central banks had the power to debase currencies. hurting anyone who owned them they were breaching currency users trust so he proceeded to create bitcoin a currency that did not require trust but an immutable database underlying the digital coin was a powerful program called blockchain where information was stored on blocks that could be verified by anyone but could not be manipulated there is more to the technical aspects of bitcoin but the irrelevance of trust in any institution and the immutability of the database are the fundamental principles on which bitcoin's value is founded which means bitcoin has an inverse correlation with the public's faith in institutions in other words when trust in central bank erodes the value of bitcoin rises with governments rushing to rescue failing banks the specter of another debasing of currencies is the reason why crypto hawks are smugly saying we told you so For the next few minutes you are going to know a little more than you read yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan and this is the deep dive for 21st March 2023. As Russia stands spurned by the West over its invasion of Ukraine, comes a friendly visit from Chinese President Xi Jinping. A visit that the US and the NATO allies are going to be watching over with great suspicion. As far as state visits go, why is this one under the spotlight? 
Well, because this three-day Moscow trip is sending a loud message of diplomatic flex. I mean, let's talk about the timing first. Xi Jinping's three-day Moscow trip comes just as the International Criminal Court, or the ICC, issued an arrest warrant against Russian President Vladimir Putin for alleged deportation of Ukrainian children. Now look, Russia is not a member of this court. It doesn't even recognize the ICC's authority. But when you're as cornered as Russia is right now, this show of support from a quote-unquote good old friend, as Putin has called Xi, is, well, an ego boost. Over the past few years, the Sino-Russian ties have been getting stronger than ever. Having a common distaste for Western influence, this seemingly strategized visit has got the United States spooked. I mean, Xi and Putin have often referred to each other as good friends and even best friends on certain occasions. Not to mention, in the thick of the ongoing war, last year, Russia and China also declared a partnership with one another. A partnership that has no limit. Not very surprising, considering that Putin and Xi's leadership styles have a great deal in common. And most importantly, both these countries have a troubled relationship with the US. So you see, with this high-profile state visit, Russia gets to show the West that it's not alone. And it's equally important for China's growing geopolitical ambitions as well, as it amps up its efforts of upending USA's global dominance. Let me explain. So far, China has claimed to take a neutral stand on the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. It has refused to criticize Russia for its invasion of Ukraine, or even call it an invasion for that matter. But as it looks for a bigger diplomatic role, it's keen on mediating peace between Russia and Ukraine. Last month, China proposed a 12-point peace plan stressing on the need for a ceasefire. And ahead of this Moscow trip, or journey of friendship, she also said that only quote-unquote equal, rational, and pragmatic dialogue and consultation will find a way to resolve the crisis in Ukraine. He also plans to speak to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky after the Moscow visit. The expectations are really high here, especially since much to USA's chagrin, it was China that surprisingly brokered a historic truce between Iran and Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks back. This is something that the US was hoping to do. But oddly enough, it's China that ended up filling in the role of a global peacemaker. Although the United States is deeply skeptical of China being the agent of peacekeeping here, they believe that any form of ceasefire would give Russia the chance to sneakily rebuild and attack. Even Britain claims that any peace deal that doesn't address Ukraine's sovereignty is no peace deal. Should she succeed? This will only bolster his diplomatic reputation. And we'll have to keep an eye out on what transpires over the next two days. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Akshaya, Manaswini and Shorbari. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, 
Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.